Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Hey, join me if you would in Psalm 103. Psalm 103. One of my favorite times of the year, one of my favorite holidays, in fact, not one of them, my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. I've always enjoyed Thanksgiving time. You know, it's always been a special time. After, of course, uh, we've gotten saved, or my family got saved, it became even that much more of a special time. And it's just, uh, I've always enjoyed this time of the year. Christmas kind of drives me crazy. Christmas is busy, you know. I like Christmas. I like the day. I love Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. It's just a week or two leading up to it. It's just like crazy, you know. And so, and I'm not a shopper. I'm a buyer. I don't like to shop. I know what I want, I go buy it. Shopping is like, oh, no, that won't work. And maybe, the, you know. And then you, I'm asked by, you know, everybody, so what do you want? I, and honestly, nothing. I really don't need anything. You know, I have everything that I need, right? And if you couldn't give me what I really want. <laughs> I want a house on the water, someplace warm private jet so I can fly out after service tonight, come back Saturday morning for breakfast, and then, so you really can't give me what I want, and I really don't need anything, so, but Thanksgiving's special, isn't it? In a special time? And so, you know, we enter into this upcoming week, and before you blink, go ahead and blink, it's gone, right? It's over with, and so I, I wanted to just kind of capture a few services with you tonight, and then Sunday morning, and then next Tuesday night, and just you know, capture the, the Bible concept of gratitude. What's the Bible say, you know, about the giving of thanks? And, and I, think, I think David nails it in Psalm 103. You know, I, I, it's, just, it's wonderful. Look, look, look at the text with me. Uh, he says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I mean, it's so good, he repeats himself. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he adds, and forget not all his benefits. And then he begins to list them. Verse 3, he says this, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. We'll stop right there. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And as I think about that, I, I think about this statement, God's been good. Can you say that? God, God has been good. And back, oh, I think maybe early 2000s, uh, maybe 2005, 6, 7, 8, somewhere back then, 
they composed a song, the title, God's Been Good. You, you've heard it. And, and part of it, it goes on and says, God's been good in my life. He said, I feel blessed beyond my wildest dreams when I go to sleep each night. And though I've had my share of hard times, I wouldn't change them if I could. Because through it all, say it, class. God has been good. Huh? Can you say that tonight? Go ahead and flip that back again, Brother Doug. Can you say it again? Huh? I mean, do, can, can, you, can you feel like the brother here feels? In fact, I think this was a group that made this song, Legacy 5, I think, uh, who, who composed that song. Uh, but I feel blessed beyond my wildest dreams. Amen. Huh? Uh, when I go to sleep each night, and though I've had my share of hard times, I wouldn't change them if I could. Why? Because through it all, God's been good. God's been good in my life. And I, I like this statement, and I, I know we, we, we throw a lot of statements around without even thinking about them sometimes, like praise the Lord. You're, you're good, Doug. Uh, but I like this statement. You know, someone would say, so pastor, how you doing? And the response is, better than I deserve. Amen. You've heard that before, right? We used to have a friend. We had a friend, Brother Riddell. You remember Bob Hamlin. Bob Hamlin was an evangelist friend of ours. He's with the Lord now. But I don't care if you woke Bob up at 2.30 in the morning and you just caught him off guard and said, Bob, how you doing? He'd say, better than I deserve. That's how he said, better than I deserve. You know? And for him, it, it, you know, it, just wasn't, it wasn't just a saying. It was absolute truth because if you think about it, you and I are doing better than we deserve. <laughs> Isn't that right? And I think, I think that's how the psalmist felt in Psalm 103. He, he's doing better than he deserved. Why? Because God has been good in his life. Amen? I want you to think with me. When you come to realize the Bible truth, you realize this. Gratitude and praise are intentional. They're intentional. Gratitude and praise is intentional. Uh, it's sad to say this, but you know it's true, that when our kids get to education age, the first thing we begin to teach them is what? Good manners. Right? And you would think, wouldn't you think that saying thank you would just, just come natural? But it doesn't. And how many times have we heard ourselves repeat? In fact, we put it on a recording, right? Please say thank you, say thank you. Say thank you. Why? Look, look here, I'll tell you why. Because gratitude and praise are intentional, right? They're deliberate. And, and gratitude and, and praise, uh, are the appropriate responses to being blessed. So we're blessed. God's been good in my life. My response ought to be intentional, and my response ought to be gratitude and praise. Right? Now, gratitude and praise um, is, is the proper recognition for God bestowing his grace upon us. God bestows his grace upon me. God enables me, right? God does for me what I just cannot do for myself, and my response is intentional. What's my response? Gratitude and praise. Are you with me? And that's what you see here in this text. The psalmist is, 
is blessing the Lord. And, and if you would have studied it out, you know, as a chapter, the very first five verses are personal. It's personal, you know. He, he's, he's blessing the Lord because of, of what he's experienced. And then as you go on down, if we were to study out the rest of the chapter, you'll read this. He's calling, he's calling for national praise. He's calling upon the nation of Israel to praise their God as a nation because God has been so good to them. And then he closes up uh, Psalm 103 with just basically saying, everybody ought to just praise the Lord. So let's just praise the Lord. We sing a little song like that, right? Father Abraham had many sons. How many sons had Father Abraham? I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. You never sang that before? Sure you have. Let's just praise the Lord. Let me give you an outline. If you like studying Scripture outline form, here's a good outline for Psalm 103. The psalmist talks about blessing. He says, bless the Lord because of who he is. Verse number one. Look at it, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is, bless his holy name. So we ought to just bless the Lord because of who he is. But then as you read from verses 2 through 18, he begins to bless the Lord because of what he does. So we bless the Lord first and foremost because of who he is. Isn't that right? Look here. If, if all we do is bless the Lord, praise the Lord because of what he does, we missed out on the biggest part. We praise him. We bless him. We are intentionally giving him gratitude and praise because of who he is. And then because of what he does. And then in verses 19 through 22, we bless the Lord because of where he dwells. That's a pretty good outline, isn't it? We bless the Lord because of who he is, what he does, and where he dwells. Praise the Lord. God is in heaven looking down upon everything, has his hand upon it all. Isn't that right? Controls it all. Everything was made by him and for him, and everything consists because of him, is what we read in the book of Colossians. Amen? But David here in this text takes it personal. I want to get personal just for a few minutes here, not with you, but with David's life. And I want you to notice here, uh, he, he, just, he lists just a few benefits. Now, if I were to, did you ever sing the song? We're going to sing it a lot, and that's why we're not going to sing it tonight. But around Christmas time, Christy, right, we say, count your many blessings. Christmas time, Thanksgiving time, count your many blessings, right? I promise you we'll probably sing it sometime Sunday and probably sometime Tuesday night. And you'll probably hear it several times. But think about it. Don't let it just be another one of those old hymns. Count your blessings. How's it go? Name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Now, that's a great song. I enjoy singing it and singing it for a lot of years, but it's a better truth. Because during my, I don't want to say dark days, because I don't really have dark days, but during some difficult days, you know, I was always encouraged by my mentors to just sit down and just count your blessings. And it's amazing. Yeah, yeah phew, man, I'll tell you what, you know. And I'll tell you, before you get through like the fourth or fifth one, you're starting to brighten up. You're starting to feel a little bit better, you know. Because the scale really is, in my life, in my life, the scale's more tipped toward the blessing side than the burden side. And I know God, God always balances it out. 
right? He gives us enough burdens to keep us humble, enough blessings to keep us happy, <laughs> right? And here's what I, I like to believe, because I know people, Colin, I know people that, I mean, they're just overwhelmed with burdens. They got more burdens than blessings, and we can't say God's not fair, because he is. Here's the reason why they've put the burdens there. Because if your life is out, out of balance with burdens instead of blessings, you, you've probably added those burdens there. But if you count those blessings, and that's what David does here. He's counting the blessings, and he begins with, look in verse number 3. Join me in verse number 3. He begins with forgiveness. For, look, look what he said. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. He talks about our pardon in verse number 3 our pardon. And, and, and he, begins, he begins at the beginning. Why is that? Now pay attention right here. Forgiveness is the foundation of our relationship with the Lord. That's where it begins. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away, right? And so uh, forgiveness is the foundation, the very foundation of our relationship with the Lord. It's where we begin with the Lord. And I like the reference here to this. Look at it again. Who forgiveth, look at that little word, all. All thine iniquities. Isn't that right? So you know what that means? That means, you know what word all means? I looked it up because the Old Testament written in Hebrew. And so I went back into the original writings and I looked up the word all. You're never going to believe what it means. What's it mean? It means all. It means all all thy sin. Now, if we had the time and if this were a little bit more of a thesis study, I'd take you through a, a long line of defining sin because there's more than one word used in speaking about sin in the Bible, right? There's transgression, you know, and, and here, iniquity. And so he's talking about, you know, and, and when you think about iniquity, it's never on a positive connotation, you know, when I think of iniquity, it almost sounds dirty. Iniquity, transgression. You know, I don't get positive thoughts don't conjure up in my mind. So what he's saying here is this. He's forgiven all your sin, all your iniquity. And, and that's, that's all. What a blessing that is. Isaiah puts it this, this way, Isaiah 1 and verse 18. Isaiah reminds, here, here's what he says. He said, come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. What a comparison. What a contrast, right? He forgives us. And, 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 and that means all of our sin. That's the past. That's the sin you committed yesterday. That's the sin you might commit tomorrow. And it's the sin you committed today. Amen? Because for those of us who are saved, one of the Bible verses we have memorized, it's in our, it's, it's just like, you know, a three by five card in our brain is first, first John chapter one, verse number nine. You know what it says? If we, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to enter from, yeah. If we'll confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. Isn't that good? And that means all sin. All sin. And listen, here, here's the truth. Uh, some of us have really messed up in the past. 
some of us have really messed up in the past. And by the way, look here, your past may not be that far in the past. Huh? I got saved when I was 19 years old, but I'll tell you what, from the age 13 to 18 and a half, 18 three quarters, 18 and the day before I got saved, I messed up. I messed up big time. Now, I, I never did anything that would, I, at least I don't think, that would have caused me to be incarcerated. You know? They haven't caught me yet. I have been in witness protection for a number of years now. But I messed up. But I'm, I'm glad. I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that God intervened. And I, and I heard and listened uh, at 19. Now that I'm 60-something, I'm, I'm 62, 19 seems like, wow, I was so young, you know? Seems like forever ago, and it was forever ago. But, you know, when I was 19, I thought for sure, man, you know, I knew it all and messed up. But when I got saved, he forgave all that sin. And I hate to, I hate to, I hate to surprise you by this, but I've sinned since then. Sorry. Yeah, I've sinned since then. And I know the Bible says, you know, my little children, these things have been written unto you that you sin not. Right? So I, I have the Word of God like you have the Word of God. And these things have been written so that we sin not. But I'm so glad there's another verse that goes on and says, but if you do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Right? So it's not, it's not something you ought, you ought, you ought to you know, it ought not be your goal to sin. It ought to be your goal to sin less, right? We're never going to be sinless until we see Him. But we know this. We know that we have an advocate with the Father. He forgives all our sin. Isn't that wonderful? But did you see a connection in verse 3 that I saw? Look at this. He forgives all our sin... And then it says this, he heals all our diseases. Did you see that? There's a connection there. I think there's a connection between iniquity and disease. Why would they be in the same verse? He forgives all our iniquity, all our sin, past, present, and future, and, and he heals all our diseases, all of our diseases. You stay with me here for a moment. As a result of this forgiveness, he's able to heal our diseases. And I think this, I think all sickness is an effect of sin. Did you get that? All sickness is an effect of sin. Now, again, this is, we'd have to really take some time to study this out to be 100% to give you the whole understanding of it. But let me just see if I can capsulize it for you. The effect of sin on the universe has affected you and I personally, right? And so, before sin in Genesis chapter number 3, man lived in an unbelievable environment, right? And look here, Adam and Eve would have never got sick in the garden had not been for Genesis chapter number 3. They'd have never even had a common cold, they would have never had to take insulin for diabetes. They'd have never gotten cancer. There'd be no migraine headaches. You know, there'd be no heart problems, 
harden of the arteries or none of that had not been for Genesis chapter number 3. Because in Genesis chapter 3, when they sin, sin put a curse upon the universe, corrupted everything. And as a result, we are now experiencing, pay attention, not the result, but the effect of sin. And so all sickness, all sickness is, is an effect of sin. And, and what happens here is this, because we live in a fallen, corrupted world, we're affected by it. You understand that? Uh, Pastor, why is it, man, all you hear about today is this one has cancer here, and that one has cancer there, and this one has this here. Well, think about this. Think about what we've done. Think about what we've done to our world. Think about the air we're breathing. I mean, back, back in the early days, they didn't, they didn't have all the pollution that they have today, right? So think about what we're breathing. Think about what we're drinking. Think about the water. We're, and I know we're all drinking bottled water that they probably got out of the Schuylkill River. Huh? Right? Think about, think about, just think about, now don't get upset here, and I'm not going to go down this road too far, I promise you, but think about the food we're eating. Huh? Why, why don't you read about, you know, Moses' cousin had, you know, prostate cancer, and Moses' sister you know, had breast cancer, and, and David's great uncle, you know, died of leukemia. Why don't you hear about those things back then? Because they weren't as prevalent back then because they weren't getting polluted like we're getting polluted today. Why? Because our world is corrupt, and it's getting worse. Now, I'm not, I'm not promoting, you know, all the political stuff. I'm not talking about that. But you've got to believe that what we're breathing, what we're drinking, and what we're eating is a whole lot different than what they did in the Bible. Huh? Yeah, but, <laughs> but you notice, you'll notice this. You'll notice that God has promised to heal all our diseases. Right? But you don't, you don't have the preacher's Bible, and in the preacher's Bible, in parentheses, underneath of all thy diseases, it says this in my Bible, because I have the preacher's Bible. It says, and that may not be in the here and now, Your Bible doesn't say that because I got the preacher's Bible. <laughs> he will heal all thy diseases. It may not be in the here and now. I hope you're listening. My, my good friend John Ferrazano watches our services. John, if you're listening, it may not be in the here and now. But one day, hey, we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good, but you may not, may not see the results of it until you get to heaven. Then it'll all be good. Because, you know, I, you know the, the dissidents and the, the critics, they say, yeah, you preach that message about healing your diseases, but how many Christians die of cancer? And God's promised to heal all diseases. That is healing, man. They got the ultimate healing, right, Brother Preacher? They got the ultimate healing. They're with the Lord. See what David's saying here? Bless the Lord, O my soul. And one of the benefits that I'm marking down, he says, is the fact that he, he, he forgives me of my sin, and as a result of forgiveness, he heals all my diseases. Join me in verse number 4. Look at verse 4. He says this, uh, Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, 
who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Isn't that rich? Man, that's rich. That word redeemeth is best translated, now get this, rescued. Rescued. Huh? I, I don't know why, Donald, but that word rescued touches me a whole lot more than redeemeth. Redeemeth just seems to be, I don't know, a little bit old English for me. But when I think about being rescued, I can understand that. Huh? Redeemeth, I don't know, I think about S&H green stamps. Where's all the young people? Remember the S&H green stamps? My grandmother used to get them at the Acme store, you know, and redeem them, you know. And I always, whenever I think of the word redeem, I think of S&H green stamps. But rescued? I know, what it's, I know what it's like to be rescued. I think maybe what the psalmist is saying is, God redeems our life so that it doesn't go to waste. God, re he rescues our lives so that they don't go to waste. I'm so glad he rescued me when I was 19 years old. If not, my life would have went to waste. Just think about this. Just the other day, I was kind of going down and, and remembering when I was 40 and when I was 50 and when I was 60. And man, I think of how good God has been to me because he rescued me when I was not even 20 years old. And for the last for the last 40 years of my life, 40 years of my life, I've lived for God, been in the ministry for most of it. Oh, and then I've been all perfect years. I've sinned in the midst. You won't believe how many times I wanted to murder a church member. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'd be on death row, Dennis, if I had to. Yeah, but. But I like what, what the psalmist says here. He's kind of looking at it this way, kind of looking at it as if, you know, sin has made us paupers, you know, right? Made us paupers. Our lives have been scarred and ruined by sin. But then came Jesus. Then came Calvary. Calvary covers it all. Aren't you glad? And as a, re as a result, we're, we're not just re redeemed, we're rescued. Calvary rescued us. And look at it, he says this, as a result of that, we're now we're crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies. Isn't that awesome? Huh? And so, so, so the psalmist says, bless the Lord, my soul. I'm going to tie this up in a moment. You'll see a little bit clearer. I'm so thankful, he says, that God has forgiven me of my sin, and as a result, one day all my diseases, this sin-cursed body will be shed, all my diseases will be healed. But not only that, he has rescued my life. Think about David, he was just a poor little shepherd boy, tending to his father's sheep. His brother's out, you know, fighting in the military, and David's just, right? But here comes his little ready shepherd boy, God rescues his life and makes him the king of Israel. Right? Isn't that amazing? He's gone from the pawn shop to the palace. I like the way Paul kind of puts this. Would you, would you take a moment, just go to Ephesians with me, chapter number, chapter number two. I want you to see something here. This is, this is just a tr tremendous passage of Scripture. Look at chapter two, verse number four, Ephesians Chapter 2, verse 4. He says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, 
even when we were, read it with me, dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. You know that word quicken means made alive, right? I like this in parentheses, by grace he is saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in, in, in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. You know what he just said there? He's made us to sit in heavenly places so that one day, one day, we're going to be a trophy of his grace. So when people pass by and look at us, you know what they're going to see? The trophy case. And we're in the trophy case because of his kindness, because of his grace. <laughs> For by grace he is saved, I'm in verse 8, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Look at verse 11. Wherefore, remember. Now, that's all true, so don't forget it. Remember, he says, that ye, in, in being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by uh, which uh, is called the circumcision in the flesh, that at that time ye were, now pay attention to verse 12, at that time ye were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having what? Having no hope. Well, that's a sad state to be in. Having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13, I love it. It says, but... But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes, what, far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Isn't that awesome? Huh? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And then one final, one final thought. Look at verse 5. The psalmist says this, Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. Now, there's evidence here that the psalmist is up in years. And he's looking back over his life. And you know, you know what he's doing? He's composing a song. God's been good in my life. No, he, he composes this song, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my. He's up in years. And he's looking back over his life, and he composes a song of gratitude and praise. Why? Intentional. He's intentionally praising God. You know what they say? They say the reference to the mouth in verse number 5, he satisfieth thy mouth. If you were to study that out in one language, in one language, an old archaic language, that word mouth means old age. And here's what he's saying. God, you've been good to me even in my old age. Amen. You know that's not true of everybody. How many of us, nobody here, <laughs> nobody here, but how many of us know older people that are just miserable? I mean, just miserable. And uh, just miserable. Think about, think about some, for example, uh, I don't know if you, you, you remember the story of Howard Hughes, right? How many of you know Howard Hughes? Wealthy philanthropist. I mean, just wealthy guy, right? You know, he had everything he possibly could have wanted and more. 
And yet he, what, was a recluse and died a very lonely individual. In his old age, listen, in his old age, he wasn't praising anything. But here's the psalmist in his old age praising the Lord, praising God. Huh? And so much so, he says, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. <laughs> Amen. Did you ever get around preacher Riddell? He's not as young as he used to be. Yes, he is. Who said that? <laughs> Raji, listen, you can't be buttering up now. He can't help you. I, I don't know, honestly, I don't know if I've ever heard him complain. He's always, he's always telling you a joke. He's, every time he called me once or twice today, last, over the last couple of days, he calls me all the time. And then, uh, hello, and I know it's him because I, you know, I got a phone that says, Preacher Riddell. But I never say, hey, hey doc. I always say, hello, because I know what he's going to say. His first two words, hey, buddy. <laughs> That's his first two words, hey, buddy. Hey, doc, what's going on, man? And, and it, 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 most of the time he starts off with a joke. Huh? Now, he's not as young as he used to be, but he doesn't call me and say, hey, 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 hey preacher, man, we can't, make, we, can't, we can't make it again this month. I tell you, I served that church, and man, I, I gave up everything, and I, my needs aren't met. There's not been one time ever, ever he's ever said that to me. But he's more like David. Bless the Lord, preacher, how you doing? Pretty good for an old man. He usually has something else to say, but I won't be able to repeat it from the pulpit. Not that it's vulgar, it's just, you know. You, you know I use a lot of, a lot of songs in my, in my messages, right? I, I read music all the time. I love reading the hymns and songs. When I thought about that verse, verse 5, where he says, who satisfieth thy mouth, I thought about, the so I thought about that song, uh, only Jesus can satisfy the soul. Now, that's an old one. Anybody ever hear that? Only Jesus can satisfy the soul. Yes, only he can change your heart and make it whole. He'll give you peace you never knew, sweet joy and love in heaven too, for only Jesus can satisfy the soul. Did you, you ever sing that? Oh, man, it's, Doc, did you, ever, did you ever hear somebody sing it? Did you ever hear Harold Jewell sing that? Only Jesus can satisfy the soul. And here's the truth, and I'll finish. God's people are happy people, and that's because we're satisfied people. We're satisfied people. So why are we so satisfied? Hebrews 13, 5. Now get this and I'm done. Throw it up, guys. Did I put it up there? I didn't put it up. Let me read it for you. Let your conversation, your lifestyle, be without covetousness, listen, and be content with such things as you have. Now, if it ended there, if it ended right there, I'd say, that's pretty good. I, I, got, I got a great wife. I got a great family. I pastor a great church. I have good health. I got, I got, I'm blessed. If it ended right there. Look, if, if Hebrews 13, 5, if all it said would let your conversation, your lifestyle be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have, I'd say amen right there. But it didn't stop there. Listen, he said, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In other words, what he's saying is be content because you got me. That's what he's saying. Be content because you got Jesus. I'll never leave nor forsake. And that ought to be enough. That ought to be enough. Don't you agree? <laughs> Amen. I'm having a good time here. I'd like to go on for another half hour. I won't. Based upon this knowledge, the psalmist declares, bless the Lord, O my soul. 
Let me, let, me give you, let me give you a challenge. When you get down on your knees, your face, wherever, you're, you're going to pray tomorrow morning, kneel down, get quiet, don't say anything. And just, just, just get into the presence. Just picture yourself in the throne room, right? And you don't need to get corny. Just picture yourself in God's presence and be quiet for a moment. And then just, just kind of if you're kneeling, just put your hands up. And then just, just, if you don't have it memorized, open up your Bible and begin to read, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And then say it again, bless the Lord, and forget not all his benefits. And then see if, if maybe just from your heart, from your soul, things don't just, like the psalmist. And I'll guarantee you probably have the best prayer time you've ever had or maybe you've had in a long time. Because you're not getting down and grumbling. Oh, Lord, it's another day. It's Monday. It's Thursday. I can't believe I've got to go back to work. Huh? You know what? I, now, I just picture, I think the Godhead says, but when you kneel down and say, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me. God loves our praise. And I almost can see the Godhead saying, how about you? Somebody picks up the phone. Hey, how you doing? Oh, man, preacher, I'll tell you what. Hey, how you doing, preacher? It's a great day. Really? Tell me about it. I almost want to hang up when I say, oh, preacher, what the hell? Huh? Not that I do. If you call up tomorrow and you're having a bad day, I promise I'm going to listen to you. Don't, don't picture me saying, oh, I would never do that to you. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. <laughs> Amen. God's good, isn't he? Hey, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Turn to somebody and just say, I've been blessed in my life. Would you do that? I've been blessed in my life. Hey, church, you're dismissed. God bless you. Have a great night. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.